0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Propos, good to see you, man. Not just any old edge rush, but by your reckoning, a follow up to the greatest week in edge rush history i think that's what you called it on whatsapp the greatest show in edge rush history right
2: uh i think 100 i think i was probably about 11 beers deep when i sent you that as well so i might <laughs> yeah, have Probably 11 i think the over under yeah. was a lot
1: higher than that <laughs> propose, to be honest.
2: well i was uh my sunday was very entertaining it started with a, a 3-0 loss in sunday league to the most well-drilled nice. italian team i've ever come across In my entire life. All 11 players we played against were Italian. They had a striker called Pagatti, who honestly drifted into spaces I'd never seen a Sunday League player drift into (laughs) before and played exactly like Antoine Griezmann. They had a CDM called Carver, who should have been called Champagne because of how brilliant he was. <laughs> and so it started a little bit rough. Then we ended up going to the pub, obviously to watch Arsenal versus Manchester United, which was a great game, yep. great football game. But that was just the starter because then I ended up going to Blue Belushi's in London Bridge yep. to watch Bengals versus Bills. So obviously, by this stage,
1: by, by the time Bengals-Bills kicked off, you were, I would say, six pints in.
2: Six points in. uh, We'd end up doing shots to start Bengals Bills because it was a friend's (laughs) birthday. (laughs) Uh, And bear in mind, I was very much the villain in this because Hmm. as everyone got an insight to on the show last week, I had really inherited this underdog, the world's against us mentality going into this Bengals Bills game and was putting my life on the line. Yeah. Bet quite a lot on the Bengals at plus five and a half, plus six, money line. Ticket money line. Lock of the week as well. Oh, baby. Uh, so everyone, despite us being the other was rooting against the Cincinnati Bengals because of how confident and how insufferable I was. You were becoming all oh, week long. Yeah, All week so, long,
1: all week long, of course. And, and the great rant, which you mentioned to me after last week's show, the, the, the legendary rant you edited down for last week's show. So I hope you're going to put the full rant as an Easter egg at the end of this show.
2: Uh, I don't know if I got it's so long now do honestly it, it. with with the exception of like Mike Carlson uh, who honestly has oh. gone on some of the longest rants I think in podcast history to questions that-, uh, that he's asked himself as well yeah. <laughs> <did>. <laughs> clear on that. I actually think I might have surpassed him because it was 10 minutes it was literally 10 minutes from what was I it could. Really? No, yeah, I think it was, was pretty it? much nearly 10 minutes drop it
1: drop it in the end look if listeners want to go, go there, go there. listeners if you want to go to the end of the show we'll roll the credits Roll the music and then give it a little beat and then you can listen to Propos, Propos Rat because it is a thing of beauty. And this makes a lot of sense now the fact you were 17 pints deep and sambuka shots because uh, this is the transcript of our WhatsApp chat. Uh, We you wrote to me. Here we go. Uh, I'm getting dragged into the over, LOL.
2: <laughs> that's a that. drunk, that's a drunk <laughs> move. Should have that's never done that. Did yeah, anyone see the snow? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you said that, and then we suddenly, the, the pictures came on like a minute later, and I wrote weather in capital letters, and you wrote mate, M-T-E, uh, M- capital M, capital T, <laughs> lowercase E, And then you wrote mate with an asterisk, This is a joke. This is after the Bengals had obviously blazed into that 14-zip lead at the start. I wrote, long way to go, Skipper. Your reply, Propo?
2: Mate. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no matter what the result now we were proven right, <laughs> which, was, which was bold. Actually, that was said a little bit later than that. But um, and then you went off on the rant again on WhatsApp, but me, even though I was agreeing with you, the disrespect on the bagels was insane. It's like I'm agreeing with you. And then, mate, <laughs> this is incredible, genius. And you did actually end this particular exchange by saying might release my full rant as a separate pod. So I think we should, I think we should look at doing that. But wow, what a win for the What a win for the edge rushers, because as you mentioned, that was my Drew Lock of the week. Uh, So that came in, your Drew Lock of the week came in, and Tom Collins as well. So it was the hat trick.
2: It was the hat trick. And the Bet Blowder, of course, came Mm. in as well because we combined the 49ers to win the second half, the 49ers spread, and the 49ers under, which was obviously my Drew Lock of the week. So me and Tom had that game nailed down. As a duo, as you can imagine, bear in mind my texts during the Bengals-Bills game, I managed to pass out when I was comfortable that the under had come in. So I did pass out. I didn't quite make it <laughs> to the game. Don't quite remember going to bed. But I do remember like eating like cheese biscuits or something in bed as it was rolling in. And I was like, OK, this under's in and I can uh Life doesn't get much even. better than that, right? Does it? Your
1: <laughs> yeah. team getting to a game... Off the Super Bowl back to back Super Bowl appearances, the Drew Locks coming in, the Blowder coming in, everything's happy, everything is all all well with the world. You got cheese biscuits and you just pass out. Exactly, yeah,
2: literally Um, perfect. Who's more? I've got a question for you though to open the show. Let's do it. Who is more insufferable, Mm. uh, from the Bengals unit, me Mm -hmm. or Eli
1: Apple? Oh, it's, I mean. Insufferable as you have been this week, uh, it's Eli Apple hands down. Although, do you think Eli Apple's a bit of a schmuck, right? And, I, and look, I, I I love, as you know, I love cornerbacks. So I love mouthy, outspoken, shit-stirring cornerbacks. So I quite like Eli Apple. But did he really mean to go there with the heart emoji and DeMar Hamlin? Or was he just... Was it just because he's backtracked it now and said, oh, I didn't mean to, didn't mean to do that. I would never, never cause disrespect. And you kind of believe him. He would. He's a dick, but he's not, he's not that much of an arsehole, is he? Or, or do you think he did? Think he knew exactly what he was doing?
2: No, I don't think he's that much of an arsehole. I think genuinely he was probably more uh, sort of, focusing on the fact that that was seemingly the biggest discussion kind of going into the game. And also because of the, maybe the reaction afterwards with the fact that everyone was buying AFC championship tickets yeah, to the neutral side in Atlanta. I don't think he really understood what he was doing. I don't think Eli was necessarily the smartest, smartest human being. Yeah. I, I, I thought, think, yeah.
1: It was, it was the, it was the, the dista digs and uh, he added the, the heart shaped the you know the hand heart shaped emoji right which is obviously what everyone's been using for, for demand yeah. i don't think he was making that association just basically i don't think he was i don't think he was dissing that i don't think he was sending sending that up i think he was just using that as a sending love emoji You've been the U.S. Bills have been using. I don't think it was underhand to take down Demar Hamlin. No, I don't
2: think it was underhand to take down Demar Hamlin, especially because obviously he was on the field or sorry on the sidelines when the thing happened. He would have been just as distressed as anyone else. Like I I think people forget that the Bengals were present during that whole situation as well, and were the ones who volunteered to go off the field. So, like, I don't think so. But I mean, it is bizarre that potentially one of the worst players on our defensive unit decides to be the loudest human being on social media. (laughs) Potentially, I know it's only 25 days into the year, but it is, I haven't seen a sportsman go off like this in a very long time. And considering he has potentially been one of the worst cornerbacks in the league, according to PFF, it's insanely bold of him to do this. And okay, I would probably understand it if we had won the Super Bowl and he was sort of on a five-day bender and he was just continuously going off against Stefan Diggs and all of these different people because we'd won the Super Bowl. But the fact we're already going into the AFC Championship game and he could easily get torched by Marquez Vardes-Gantling or Juju Smith-Schuster at some point this week. I do think that he is setting himself up for a little bit of a flop uh, at some point because Eli Apple isn't the most talented of players, but he is insanely uh, provocative. Yeah. and. I can't wait to see if he is on the big Box office. So I, wanna, I, yeah, yeah, I just want to. I just want I just want to. We play watch against it, the Bills. Oh, I, I mean, that wait. game is going to be insane. we are
1: got to shout out Annie Apple. Is that his, is that his missus?
2: Yeah, Annie? no, his mom, His mum. Oh, his mum. His mum has been on a rampage he, in uh, defense of his son yeah. since he arrived in the NFL. She is also, she's probably the second most active person, I guess you could call it, in the NFL on mm. Twitter. Uh, and she's always there to defend his son, uh, defend her son, and goes, after anyone who criticizes him, even if it's just some Joe with three followers, but he wants some over, tweet uh, about Eli Apple, he will she will go after him. And it let's is get very, Carlson, very let's get Carson let's
1: get Carlson on that So That'll be funny. What she's done and I've seen uh, which a lot of respect for this calling this is a tweet she put out calling all Eli Apple haters please use the hashtag love to hate Eli Apple and we'll donate five K to the salvation army in Cincinnati. First 5,000 tweets with that hashtag. Make your hate count. Put that Eli Apple hate. This is our son. It's a great use and help families needing housing and care. Love that. Love Addie Apple. She's fast become one of my... The Apple family are, are growing in my estimation. But yeah. So Eli Apple, mouthy. Oh, speaking of Twitter, we put a poll out after last week's show proper because you remember we um building our edge rush commandments and started with I'm never backing Baker Mayfield to cart Cousins ever again. And of course, if you, if I try and do that in future Ed rushes, uh, you're going to stop me, right? You're going to veto it. It'll, yep. it, won't, it won't get through. as a Drew Locke. Um, so we wanted to add to that. And we couldn't decide whether you need... Well, Travis Etienne, uh, dead to you. I ignored um, that. I backed him to score a touchdown
2: last week. And he did. Did so you that, ignore it? Well, luckily,
1: <laughs> luckily the, the the public agreed with you because the other uh, option to add to the, the edge rush commandments, so it was either you could never back Travis Etienne again in... Uh, was it a, in a prop bet, right? You could never back him again for Yeah, yeah, not like I never on, back the Jags, because that
2: would be a long road of not being able to back the Jags for Etienne's career. In the
1: next few years. But so, okay, no more Etienne for Propo or banning you from using the nickname Saucy Tom Collins, because mm-hmm. we agreed just that makes him sound like a... Uh, professional dancer at the Glass Slipper in New Orleans, which um, I still think he is, <laughs> which he might well be, in particular when the NFL season's done. Seventy-seven percent went for ban propo using saucy Tom Collins, so that is now locked in. So no more saucy Tom, I'm afraid. Propo, the the public have spoken. <sighs> with, the, the people have spoken. Propo. So, so what I'm can sure we about.
2: call him? So I just call him Crystal Crystal, Crystal Collins, Tom. Crystal Tom. To Crystal, Crystal Collins, Tom. Crystal
1: Tom. I was, okay. You can call him either,
2: just not not not, not <laughs> saucy
1: Tom, saucy Tom see Tom Collins. So, what else?
2: Speaking well, of uh, Source Gardner, though, to be fair, you see Source Gardner tweeted saying that uh, Eli Apple is the Patrick Beverly of the <laughs> NFL, which I thought was a very, very good comparison. Uh, Patrick Beverly, if you don't know, is a distinctly average player in the NFL who is, and the NBA who is, he is a he's an average player. That's,
1: yeah, that's like getting, you know, as we've often said, I'd rather have for the pod a one star review than. Three stars, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's yeah, a great true. this from Source Garden. I love that. Uh, so it's all happening, uh, all happening. Lots of buzz flying around, actually. Um, about Brady, we'll probably get into that on FFS tomorrow with the guru Sandrini. We'll, we'll get into a bit of that and some of the other news from around the NFL because we are all about championship weekend on this week's Edge Rush, of course. So, Propo and I are going to look at both games, give our thoughts on it. We're going to wheel in. Crystal Tom, aka formerly known as Saucy Tom Collins, uh, for not only his Drew Lock of the week, and we'll give ours as well. But uh, we'll get his. What? How are we going to do? We're going to do a bet bladder again this week. Or what's we'll do the... a bet
2: bladder again. We're going to do a bet bladder on the Eagles Niners game. See if we can go back to back Niners games victories, which is going to be me and Tom have had a little production meeting about it. Well, just an exchange on WhatsApp. I guess I'll call that <laughs> I a production gonna say, meeting.
1: I was going to say, that yeah. sounds like something new for us. Yeah.
2: And I'm going to go. What I'm going to do is I'm going to hedge myself here's a little tease mm. hedge myself on it and go with his bet blowder because his drew lock i think there's only one total that can come in if his drew lock comes in i'm going to go yeah. with that but i actually think it's going to go the opposite way because as i do quite frequently and i usually lose mm. i might disagree with saucy tom sorry i said it again Chris oh you did again. you really got to work on that proper you really got to work on that no, um, no, he's just so saucy
1: he is. you know we got to get into. Actually talk about the games, but there's a couple of things I want to pick up on Twitter because um a number of you have got in touch with us. Here we go. Uh including um yeah, Mark O'Donnell, regular listener to the show, Mark O'Donnell. Hey Mark. Uh said, Did you hear Tony Romo's When the Lights Are Brighter commentary mm-hmm. during the during the Chiefs Jags game? Um what's going on there? Are Romo and Edge Rush fan. Are Must you be. guys chatting? I mean, I can imagine. I can imagine Roman might like the crack actually on Edge Rush. I imagine, he, I imagine he might. But yeah, so what exactly did he drop? He Was it uh, word nah, for what? I was so
2: pissed, mate. I can't...
1: <laughs> you didn't... <you>, so <laughs> when you just went, yeah, you didn't know he
2: said it, did you? <laughs> I saw the tweet. I saw the tweet. Uh, I don't know. Then Sandrini also sent something as well. But again, he sent mm. it quite late tonight when oh, I was
0: yeah.
2: a little bit cross-eyed. So I can't really remember. But I think there was a lot of... Uh, Sort of I mean at the end of the day, I could probably sue Tony Romo because I do have that patented that saying. So the fact that he's yeah. stolen it from me is pretty outrageous. But did he reference Ed Rush? I'd like to know. Did he reference, did he say, sorry, that is did. a reference from Ed Rush? Like in the same way that you always reference how you nick your picks from AZ Central is good. It's good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. <laughs> oh, I haven't looked up. I'll
1: do that. I have to look up AZ Central's hot takes for, for this weekend's games. The Eagles are a great team.
2: <laughs> well, that's right. If Roma didn't reference Edros mm. when mentioning one of my sayings, when uh, the lights are bright, the stars will shine. Yeah, uh, then I think that's outrageous and libelous. To be honest with you, and I uh, will be sending him a strongly worded email. I think you should. I think post show, just get straight on that uh, propo and uh, certainly
1: make sure you nip that in the bud. We also on Twitter put out a, a shout to where people listen to the listen to the show which uh, is which kind of running theme. I think if somebody got in touch with us. Uh, uh, we've been talking about it a lot, haven't we? We like the fact that people download it from Peru. That's one of the mm. ones. Shout out Peru, edge rushes. Uh, so a lot of you be getting in touch with us. What do you do? Uh, where do you listen? Uh, ironically, I listen to your podcast while I work um they help me concentrate <laughs> so thank you so i'm not sure uh that's a good or a bad thing but thank you darren for that uh
2: I listen well we years- bore them so much they end up doing their work
1: I think so. I think that's what (laughs) the UK, uh, Alan, is uh, listening to. Most of you are UK, Ireland, and US, and then Germany. That's our top four. Maybe no no surprise there. That's our top four. Um, And it's often in the office as well, says Alan, to help brighten up the drudgery. Just have to be careful not to start accidentally typing team names or prop bets into the paperwork. That'd be great. That would be really good. Putting a report together, and you've got Stefan Diggs over eighty-seven. Um, Alan, can I ask what this <laughs> Stefan digs? Uh Adam, the greenest part of the capital, Ealing. Shout out to Ealing massive as well. And this oh East Lothian, Andy Robson. Hey Andy. Uh makes housework less painful. I like the sound of
2: that. Uh, Wait, did, my... he, this, did this guy say, to, I couldn't tell then, did that guy tweet shout out to Ealing Massive or did you just say shout out to Ely Massive? I said shout out to Ealing Massive. Did you... yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. I went quite partridge. On... That's so partridge.
1: <laughs> no, that's not partridge. That's more, that was quite Richard Madeley. Yeah. <laughs> Richard's partridge, but then he's his own little guy. That's uh, That was quite Madeley. Yeah. Um, there was one more I wanted to uh, give some love to. Hang on, where where was it? Here we go. Flax Big Blue, New Jersey, USA. So Flax Big Blues listening to us mm. from Jersey. So uh, I hope you like our uh, Jimmy Garoppolo shtick. Flax Big Blue, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy's going to win. Uh, and actually, that segues nicely into the NFC Championship game. That's where we'll start. Propo, are we going to see Jimmy
2: Garoppolo? No, I don't think, you don't we don't think will. so. You don't think? There's a
1: lot a stinky buzz about
2: it do you think there is i actually haven't heard that much i thought i was going to hear more yeah. about it to be completely honest with you i think because of the uncertainty around how fit he actually is i think that would probably Pretty be the biggest yeah. deterrent for carl shanahan to bring him in um and i also just think with the role that 49 have been with brock purdy it would be very difficult for um Shanahan to make that call and I think you might actually call some as much as Jimmy G's one of the most popular guys in the dressing room I think it just might cause unnecessary unrest. I don't think there's there's a chance if Jimmy G is active for the game, I think there's a chance if they aren't able to get anything going on offense, specifically if the Philadelphia Eagles are able to take away the run. Mm. And Brock Purdy is showing signs of weakness that we have seen over the past couple of weeks. I mean, he did seem to get very lucky in both the Seahawks and the Cowboys games. I think he could have had about four interceptions, five interceptions if the either secondaries had been able to catch the ball. Mm. And I think that if he demonstrates a similar sort of lack of composure in the early stages of the game against the Eagles, considering how much more likely it is the Eagles will be able to put up points compared to the Cowboys and the Seahawks against this Niners defense. I think there's a chance you could see him bringing in Jimmy G, but it's not like Jimmy G will drastically change this offense. It's not like he's suddenly going to start like bombing downfield to a huge sort of 60 yard reception to Brandon Ayuk but I think what they will like to take advantage of this week is Brock Purdy's connection with George Kittle that has been the point of this offence that has excelled since Brock Purdy came in Jimmy G and George Kittle weren't actually linking up that well prior to the injury and I think with the linebacking core of the Eagles might actually be the weakness of this defence so I think you could Mm -hmm. see George Kittle having a big game and the fact that Brock Purdy is so comfortable throwing to him and he seems to be his favourite part of his progression I think that is something they'll lean on and something they'll favour going into this matchup. But it's a, fac- a fascinating game. Who do you feel, and they're two great defences, So uh, caveat this question
1: with that. Do you feel there's a clear winner in terms of there's a stronger defence going out there? Because looking at it, given how prolific the Eagles front has been, how strong the secondary is, you, you mentioned the, the, the middle, and that seems to be when you're stacking up unit for unit, position for position. That seems to be the edge for San Francisco. And a lot of people I've seen in in the build-up to it when they're weighing this up, give the defensive edge to the 49ers. I feel, looking at this matchup, that the Eagles have the stronger defense, particularly, and this is something Carlson got into on the pod on Monday, as they strengthened the Rundi midway or two thirds of the way through the season. So I'm giving the defensive edge
2: to Philly. What about you? It's a really good point. I think that they are both blessed, let's be honest with you. I think the secondary is slightly stronger for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think Bradbury and Slay have obviously been very impressive this season. The linebacking core, I still think, is the 49ers. I mean, I'm just a huge, I've always said it, I'm a huge Fred Warner fan. I think he's one of the best players in the league. I think he's perennially underrated. And you saw that last week, how well he played, how important he was, especially when Pollard was out of the game. Fred Warner was sensational, made some big mm. hits, made some big plays. I think I'd probably lean towards the 49ers having the defensive edge. But at the same time, what's going to be fascinating in this game, and I'm intrigued to get your thoughts on it, is they've got brilliant defences, the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. What they both also have is two very good offensive lines. Lane yep. Johnson, the way that he played last week, considering he has, what, like half an ankle or something. Rip was groin. Incredible. Rip groin? Rip groin, yeah. Half a groin. is was incredible. Rip <laughs> groin. <laughs> half a groin was incredible. Kelsey was sensational as well, taking away Dexter Lawrence. Two very, very Mm. good offensive lines. And I think that Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy will actually have more time than is expected because obviously you've got the leading sack leader in the NFL and Nick Bosa going into this game. You've obviously got four players with 10 plus sacks. First time any team's ever had that. All the focus is going to be on these defensive lines, but they've been going up against weaker offensive lines week in, week out. And there's a reason why, The best three of the best offensive lines in football, which are the 49ers, the Chiefs and the Eagles are all in the NFC champions in conference championship games. And that is because Mm -hmm. they are such a pivotal part of a team and winning that trench battle is so important. So I think the defenses are incredibly important because of how impressive they have been all season. But I think we're going to see a little bit more offense in this game because of how well the offensive lines can protect those quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting point you make. I And I want to get on to Purdy in a minute. Uh, well, both quarterbacks, but theory about Purdy in this game. We talked a lot, have talked a lot in the playoffs, and, and I guess this connects with Purdy, uh, what their strategy will be depending on situational matchup if they go deeper in the playoffs and made that parallel a few years back, the championship game where they ran 18 million times and Garoppolo passed 10 times. And what was the game plan going to be in, in the Super Bowl, right? The Miami Super Bowl. This is a really interesting stat. Just to join a few of those points together. Beowulf, looking at the Eagles numbers, right? So up to, through weeks one to 10, so basically up to the end of week 10, they ranked in terms of run D, so uh, in terms of defensive success rate in EPA, 32nd and 31st respectively. So (laughs) terribly. Since they added Linville, Joseph, and the other changes they made there, they are now have moved from, so that was 54.8% was the defensive success rate to rank them 31st, right? Or 32nd, I should say that's jumped to 65.4 since then. The EPA has gone from minus 0.07 to 0.13. That puts them since that week. So since week 10, second and third in the league respectively. So when a lot of people are looking and weighing up this matchup and saying, "Oh, everything's pretty even, but it's the run D obviously very strong for the 49ers the eagles are 21st washington killed them when they played them ran the rock all this all these times that's going to be san francisco's game plan i'm not so sure it's a it's a very different run D i think that the the pass rush of the eagles on course of one of the all-time great seasons i think it's going to i think it is going to be able to cut through the aforementioned impressive offensive line enough to rattle Purdy. I think Purdy's not going to championship game that front. I think this is going to be a very different proposition for Purdy. And one of the narratives and themes we've been talking about all playoffs long, and we took the piss out of it earlier on in the playoffs. He's never played a playoff game. And how much pressure that puts on you. NFC championship game, that Eagles front bearing down, you know, in the backfield, you've got some of the best corners in the business. I don't care how much Shanahan can dial up. I think it's going to be a tough, tough night for Purdy. And I think he might unravel.
2: Four rookies have played at quarterback in conference championship games now. Okay. Can you name them and potentially their records? Wow. Okay. Four rookies in a conference championship game. I'll give you a clue. So I'll give you the play for the Steelers. Roethlisberger? yep yeah. Jets Sanchez yep yeah. Ravens oh Flacco yeah yeah and the last one played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh God rookie for the bucks tell me Great show on turf. Sean King played in that oh, game. He played Good old great show on Sean turf. King. Sean King. Sean King was, was the, the only. Even wouldn't have got that right. I uh, know he was also the only person who covered the spread. John King did, did he? Sean King covered the spread. But other than that, all four rookies have gone 0-4 straight up in conference championship games. So yes, I know we've yeah. taken the piss out of this narrative yeah. all season long about Brock Purdy not being able to handle it under the lights. But the statistics and history does tell you that it's a very difficult situation to go into. It's mm-hmm. going to be, especially as you said, not only because of the pressure, not only because of how many eyes will be on you and how much focus there will be on Brock Purdy going into this game. But also because when you go into a conference championship game, you're going up against the other best team in the conference. You're going mm. up against likely a very good defensive line and a very good secondary. And that's what you're going up against in the Philadelphia Eagles. And give ourselves props last week. Now, everyone was doubting the Eagles going into that Giants game. The yep. public were on the Giants. Yep. Everyone was saying that they're not the team they were earlier in the season. We saw what they did, even though Jaden Hurts wasn't 100%. Seventy percent, Jalen Hurts was he still exceptional, and fine. he looks absolutely yeah. fine. Still managed to run with the ball as well as we would have hoped. I think going into the game, and he's only going to get better as he gets more rest, which hopefully he would have had this week. So it's going to be seriously tough for Brock Purdy and the mm. Philadelphia Eagles. You would feel like off the back of that win last week, will be very very confident going into this one. It's going to be very much based on how much success the 49ers defense can have I think mm. in this one because I think the offense is going to struggle
1: yeah I do I, I do as well uh, and there's a good piece um the Bruce Fermer wrote about Brock Purdy and and look I 49ers fans I like many of us have been initially surprised and then respectful of, of what he's managed to achieve I just feel this is a step too far in this story. Now, the counter-argument is he's in possibly the best landing spot he could be mm-hmm. with this line, with Shanahan, with, you know, I mean, just give the ball to McCaffrey in in 20 different ways and you got a chance. But with everyone they've got, and Eli Mitchell coming back, and sure, I, I get that. I just think this is a game that the Eagles front, they're going to lick their chops, tear down, I think the secondary will make it hard for him. I I really like the Eagles in this spot. I really like Philly. What is the line?
2: The line is at minus two and a half, which is very interesting because it's quite a lot of money. And uh, the tickets are all seemingly on the Philadelphia Eagles. There's a temptation that I think it does go to three. It's interesting. The books haven't moved it there because I yeah. thought they would have by now. It's, I am with you with the Philadelphia Eagles and minus two and a half. There's an argument to say that it might be a little bit of a trap. It might be the public team because of the way the Eagles played against the Giants last week and because the Niners weren't that impressive against the Cowboys. But at the same time, I really think the Philadelphia Eagles can take advantage of the weaknesses in this 49ers team. Yes, there aren't many, but one of those is the fact that they've got a rookie at quarterback. The second one is, is their secondary defending on the outside is weak. And when you've got AJ Brown and Mm -hmm. Devontae Smith you are going to have success. Yes, they might be able to take away Dallas Goddard because of that linebacking core and because of how great they are against tight ends. We saw how much success DK Metcalf had against this team with those deep throws from Geno Smith. We saw how much success CeeDee Lamb had last week. Michael Gallup could have had a 50-yard play as well. They are not good at defending the deep ball. A.J. Brown is one of the best wide receivers at getting the deep ball. He will be able to just go and get it if Jalen Hurts throws it up because Mm. of the size advantage he has over Tredavious Ward, who is the number one corner in San Francisco. I think when you've got Devontae Smith, when you've got A.J. Brown, you have a huge advantage going up against this 49ers secondary. And I think Jalen Hurts has the accuracy and the chemistry with both receivers to be able to exploit that. A.J. Brown was frustrated in a similar fashion to Devontae um, to Stefan Diggs actually last week in terms of how little he saw the ball. But obviously when you went up that um, big that early and he also got a little bit banged up in the game, you're not going to see as many looks. Whereas I think early on in this game, I think Jane Hurts is going to look for AJ Brown. I think he's going to look for AJ Brown deep. And I think they're going to have mm. success with this matchup in particular. And I really, really like that one. I also think that- Oh,
1: just on that propos, just yeah. um, athletic crew shout out to some numbers that support that. 49ers, despite their overall prowess, rank in the bottom third for success rate against passes 20 years or more down, uh, 20 yards or more downfield, right? So they that, that ranked 23rd for the record. And this was quite an interesting one. They ranked 30th against receivers who are not a team's top two options. So the athletic crew joined the dots and say, Quez Watkins, come on down. It's your you're this is kind of i bet i bet the guru's got him in his fantasy team well, yeah definitely check with him tomorrow uh but that is interesting just in particular i mean that, that that was a side note but particularly the comparative the relative weakness for downfield threats which i think as, as you eloquently described really plays into what we anticipate will be the eagles mo and game plan here sorry you were going to go on
2: no, that's perfect. That's exactly what I was going to say. Anyway, oh, okay. I, I think I will likely be taking the Philadelphia Eagles at minus two and a half. I'm with you. I yeah. think they. I think they should be able to dominate this team. I think they should be able to get the victory. And I like love the fact that it's below three. To be completely honest with you, two's actually been quite a dangerous number this year. So obviously, mm-hmm. if it managed to drop, I'd love it at one and a half as well. But still, two and a half, I'll take it. And I honestly think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be able to put up points. I think if you look at the way that both the Kansas City Chiefs and the Raiders will be able to put up points against his 49ers defense by doing exactly that by throwing deep to the outside. I think we're going to see the Eagles be able to put up a similar amount of points. And I think if you're backing the Eagles in this spot, I think it lends itself towards the over because then I think the 49ers will chase the game. I think they'll have to go deep as well. And I think they'll be able to put up points in in some fashion. But I think the Eagles will have a lot of success in this game. So I will be leaning towards the over at 45 mm. and a half, which I think is a little bit low as well. Mm. That being said, obviously... I'm surprised
1: think... as the Unders King of and you're going for the over in it.
2: Well... I don't want to give anything away, but I think you, if you like the Eagles in this spot, I think you like the over. If you like the 49ers, I think you like the under. The under.
1: Yeah, okay. Just to bring this back to self-indulgent questions, the season record, now I got the Drew Lock right last week. Where are Coco and Pebbles in terms of trying to wrestle the... Oh, you're the safe.
2: Maples? Am I safe? You're I'm safe in the season, yeah, because you're three up from 500. I mean, when I say you're three up, I think you're like eight down, but... You're this still, season, eight, Dan, this season, yeah, down but three up over across over the, across course of the two, two seasons. seasons.
1: Because I want to just go to Twitter and say hi to Nicholas. Hey, Nicholas, who wants to give a shout out to his niece Jess, who in our private predictions league got all six in the Super Wild Card and the correct score. Um, best advice: You've got the however. correct score in all six. Jesus, got all six in the Super Wild Card and correct score. Maybe, maybe he means. She picked all the all the
2: winners, right? I was but, about to say, I was about to give her all give her all the podcasts. Well, the well, example this is it, right? <laughs> yeah. Because he went on to say,
1: best advice ever, if you're not sure, opposite of Nat's pick does the trick. Uh thank you very much, Nicholas. So I replied saying, uh perhaps we can get Jessica on with Cocoa and Pebbles. Um, although I might have jumped the gun there because Coco and Pebbles now going to be sat down back to the ball back to the bullpen um until at least next season. I heard they were big on the bills as well.
2: I heard they <laughs> were really they
1: were really humbled. Well, Coco's tight with Stefan Diggs. They've been they've, <laughs> been they've been they've been talking all week long uh, in the aftermath. She's been you know consoling him, telling him that there's always next time. Um and this is great. Nicholas replied back, his niece Jessica could take the name the Jestimate. Love that, That's a great name. Brilliant. Definitely interested in, I think we should try and get the gestimates picks, Nicholas, for for next season. We'll try and weave that into the show in the Coco and Pebbles uh, section of that. All right. So we're both keen on the eels. I wonder what Crystal Tom has to say about that. We'll check in with him in a minute. Let's look at, come on, the other game, Propo, the other game. I mean, if you were riding high after Sunday, how are you going to be? How are you going to be? What kind of mood are you going to be in pregame? Are you going to get hammered again? Pre-game. I can't.
2: I've just had some really bad news. This is actually quite emotional what? for me. I've had some... Well, I uh, I have to be up at 3.45 on Monday morning. Oh, no. For the breakfast show on TalkSport. For the breakfast show on TalkSport. So I have no idea how I'm going to do it. Will Gavin's trying to convince me to roll through do an all-nighter that's yeah. will. yeah yeah will would will's much stronger than me mentally to be able to do that mm-hmm. i'm not sure how laurel woods and ali mccoyce would feel having a producer who's new after three weeks turning up having not slept for 12 hours to produce their show would they celebrating be <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah probably not to be completely honest with you yeah uh, maybe Laura will want to join us, obviously as well. Maybe Laura will yeah, actually come Yeah, I'm come sure on.
1: she'll be staying up for it too, right? Yeah, so.
2: exactly. So who knows? But it's uh, I was broken the news this morning mm. that they were like, "Yeah, Ouch. sorry, you need to do it." And strictly I was like, business
1: proper, Just strictly business. Back so in. I need
2: to work out what my sleep schedule is going to be. but I'm definitely not going to yeah. be drunk. That's
1: yeah, definitely... okay, fair enough. That's yeah, maybe so not that's... a bad thing. So you won't be going. we you piling on the over <laughs> three yeah. minutes before kick kickoff? <laughs> so okay, let's frame some of the obvious obvious talking points got to start with mahomes high ankle sprain really really interesting injury in terms of how different players when it is billed as a high ankle sprain and obviously the the nuances and variances of and severity of course of of, of each individual instance some have played through some have been out for a month it's a real mixed bag of understanding even when you factor in, well, the, the the crew that are saying, well, Mahomes went back last week, shot shot in the ankle, adrenaline mm. pumping, very different the morning after. So Mahomes is capable; he will start, but his capability is going to be really, really interesting and, and obviously fundamental to this game. We saw how different things looked when he came back. Last time out against the Jags, how limited he was. Obviously, in terms of mobility and scrambling, he just tried one run, which he which he, I think he picked up. There was it was on a third down, he picked up the first down, but it was tough, and that was it. The deep throw was affected as well. He clearly wasn't anywhere near to full strength Mahomes. So let's just say we get that version of Mahomes again. Capable, limited. Let's call him 60% Mahomes surely that is a win all the way for the
2: Bengals. I think, annoyingly, if it was any other quarterback, I would agree with you, Um, just because of the severity of the injury and because of what you said, the way that we saw uh, Patrick Mahomes play after that injury against the Jacksonville Jaguars. However, the only reason why I don't necessarily buy into that is because what you have at Patrick Mahomes' disposal is all of the weapons to be able to have uh, success without the mobility that he always has. When you've got a play caller like Andy Reid, who can scheme various different things up and try and get open looks to the likes of McKinnon for checkdowns. Travis Kelsey, obviously 14 receptions last week, hasn't always had success against Cincinnati Bengals, but still when you've got a player caller like Reed, he will find a way to get him open. And then you've also got an offensive line going up against the Cincinnati Bengals team that, yes, managed to generate pressure last week because of the brilliance of Luana Rumo. Mm. Hasn't necessarily, they've ranked 30th in QB sacks uh, out of every team in the NFL in the regular mm. season. So that is a concern when you've got such a great offensive line, when you've got such a great play caller, and obviously you've got such a talented thrower of the ball, as pa- Patrick Mahomes is. So they might not
1: be able to get to him, because because on that, right, so this is uh, Virginia Zakas from Inside Injuries. This is specifically on, on this. So a couple of things. I'll, I'll paraphrase it a little bit. The high ankle sprain is ligament damage, right, that sits mm-hmm. just above the ankle. And it's the ligament that holds the tibia and fibula together. The minimum optimal recovery time for injury is three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. A grade two, which is defined as moderate, could take five to eight weeks to fully heal. But this is this is really interesting. Mahomes' injury risk is in, defined as incredibly high. And because he mm. is going to play so quickly after, he's at risk of suffering a more severe injury
2: such as a fracture or dislocation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can actually speak about this from experience. You've had this. Well, I've had a very similar ankle injury. I've had a high ankle sprain, maybe not to the, I don't know what if the same extent as Patrick Mahomes, but and I've, I've always regretted. I Obviously, didn't have the injection in the ankle, but it was the day after one of the lockdowns finished, and I played uh, five-a-side mm-hmm. golf and basketball all in one day just because it was the first time obviously that we could do activities again yeah and by the end of the basketball session I sprained my ankle but because it's not necessarily and you saw in my home's week, you're hobbling but it's not necessarily like the most painful thing instinctively Mm. it wasn't like oh god I can't and I actually had a little bit of a rest you like I, I was hobbling I hobbled off the court and then Chops came back on, literally, yeah, <laughs> t- took some shots. And then yeah. basically came back on about 20 minutes later and continued playing. So I was like, oh, okay, it swallowed a little bit, but I haven't been able to play sport with my friends for so long. I'm yeah. not missing this in the world. And that was what, two years ago? I have since then sprained my ankle probably about seven or eight times. And I've gone really? through rehab twice. Yeah. and it is sometimes now like the most frequent one is when despite the fact that i do ankle raises all the time i have to go to the gym and do leg like proper leg days which i never really used to do i <laughs> uh, just days. i know yeah which is ridiculous and I, i'm very very dull um, get that in your diary leg day. Yeah leg, Wednesday. day yeah leg day lads it's going to be quite likely that that happens again especially if he tries; his instincts override, and he tries to run out of the pocket. He tries to escape pressure. Mm. Then there is a high chance that that injury will mm. reoccur, and that is a major, major concern for the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's desperately sad for us neutrals, of course. It, oh, we it want is. To see a prime Mahomes against and him, him. obviously. Prime <laughs> <laughs> into <Indeed. laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but of course, you want to see. I mean, it, we know he's going to go. We talked about this on the radio show. When it happened, we were doing that game on Talk Sport. And we talked about Rivers playing with his torn ACL, I want to say. MCL, ACL. ACL, it was an ACL. Played Played with that. And uh, there is, an ex- you know, plenty of examples. Rottersburger actually. Remember had the high ankle sprain? And he was mm. kind of, so the balance in it, because it affects not just your mobility in terms of running, but in terms of throwing as well. I mean, it affects, he was kind of doing that weird throwing off one leg uh, Shtick, which uh, which didn't really go down particularly well. And Rottersburger, for whatever you think of him, an absolute warrior on the field. This just bringing us back to assuming he goes, and as he's rightly said, one of the greats can make it happen despite the hindrances. Mahomes v. Anarumo. Interesting, right? So I was drilling down on this a bit more and looking at breakdowns of how Anarumo has mixed things up against. My mm. homes, uh, so in the championship game last year and that Jekyll and High performance, a lot of the success the Bengals have were just dropping a lot of people into coverage, right? And that perplexed my homes to the degree where seven of 13 in the second half, 59 passing yards, right? Uh, and he threw a pick and was sacked twice in the December meeting with their next play when they played in December. Anarumo only called five plays in the entire game with eight defenders in coverage. Just mixing it up. All this is, I mean, this is the brilliance. I want to talk about Zach Taylor's brilliance, by the way, in terms of that, that first half in particular, and how he used Chase in so many different ways in that first half, which was which was brilliant. But Anarumo dialing up so many different things, confusing one of the great minds of his generation. I mean, yeah. we've been bigging him up. God, you've been bigging up Anna Roma for years. We've been bigging up all season long again. In so many different categories here. I think the edge is the Bengals. Propo. I know it's hard for you because it's your team and you want to see them in the Super Bowl again, back-to-back years. I think this has got to be the Bengals game, right? I mean, are we gonna are you gonna are you
2: you're not gonna true lock them, are you? I don't know. Now the problem is is the fact that you're saying the Bengals this is Bengals game is probably the biggest indicator. <laughs> Speak to
1: to Nicholas Partridge. Sorry, I think we just established moments ago on Edge Rush that I am above 500 by three games. No, I know.
2: No, no. It's more the... Do you know what it is? It's more the fact that the public are all on the Bengals. My biggest thing last week was the fact that there was the disrespect towards the Cincinnati Bengals. No one was giving them their flowers. No one was giving Luana Ringway the credit. Now it's gone the complete opposite, opposite way. And you're hearing everyone give a huge love in to the Cincinnati Bengals and completely rightly the other thing that is going to be an issue and this is something that needs to be pointed out and you could point potentially even if we get to the Super Bowl similar things where the Cincinnati Bengals just because the offensive line played so well last week against the Buffalo Bills and credit to that unit that they're going to have similar success this week defensive line is still banged up we're not sure if we're going to see Ted Karras at center we're not Mm. sure if Kappa's going to be back we're not sure if Williams is. Going to be back, and when you're going up against Chris Jones and play off Frank Clark, that is a big, big issue. But
1: they haven't had historically much success, right?
2: No, they Again. haven't. They only had one sack, uh, what earlier the season, and one sack last year in the AFC Championship game. Last, anyway, last year when it was literally
1: the worst offensive line in the history of football. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I know, but it doesn't mean it's like I think Spags. Obviously, you can't disregard. He is oh, obviously sure. a brilliant defensive coordinator, coordinator as well. Yeah. So I don't, I do think that there's a chance that the Chiefs have success. Mm. And I think Chris Jones is always going to try and have his say in a game like this. And he's he's up for it, so he wants it, doesn't he? He really wants it, especially after the season that he has had. I think outlining himself as probably the best defensive tackle in the league. So I think that is a fear there. I also just think that the Chiefs are going to love the underdog status. They're going to love Mm -hmm. the fact that they're being disregarded. They're going to love the fact that everyone believes the Bengals are going to win this game. Just looking at the line movement, it opened with the Chiefs minus two and a half, and it's already been bet down to the Bengals now being favoured by one and a half. The Bengals are going into Arrowhead as the favourite.
1: The thing is, man, oh, come on, man. It just, I don't want, obviously don't want it to happen, but... I mean, Mahomes getting knocked out of this game in the first draw. I mean, he he's really, really banged up. We've just I've just read a, a clinical breakdown of how it unstable, the fragile this injury is. Now
2: that's Michael Jordan won a basketball game with like insane flu. And I don't think it's too ridiculous to kind of compare Patrick Mahomes to Michael Jordan and what we've seen him do in the league. And I understand that he's a quarterback who does rely on his mobility, but Mm. this could be one of those. I just don't think you ever disregard greatness. And Mm. Patrick Mahomes is great. In the same way like last week, you don't disregard greatness. You don't disregard Joe Burrow. You don't disregard Mm. Luana Rumo. And I am fearful that people, if Patrick Mahomes says he's good to go, if Andy Reid says he's good to go, I understand that he is going to be limited. And it's obviously not 100% Patrick Mahomes and it will be great to see 100% Patrick Mahomes mm. I'm always apprehensive in a situation like this to suddenly say okay he's banged up The Bengals were brilliant last week mm. and just be comfortable with that and go into it thinking it's going to be this yeah. simple there's a reason why the Kansas City Chiefs are the Kansas City Chiefs there's a reason why they've been to five straight AFC Championship games mm. and I just don't think it's going to be as simple as Patrick Mahomes is banged up and this Bengals team is flying I think there's going to be a bigger story to this I think it's going to be a great game regardless <clears throat> of the injury and I will obviously probably take the Bengals, but I'm bigger on the under. Oh, of course you are the
1: under's king of plumps. I like the way he dropped that as well. That was that was quite that was quite WWE promo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bigger on the under. Yeah, uh, the total being what are we looking at? at Forty seven at the time of recording.
2: Forty seven at the time of recording. The under has hit. 11 and three in the last 14 meetings. And that yeah. includes the last three times they have played the under has hit. And I think that what we're going to see is obviously with Patrick Mahomes being the way he is, you're going to see a lot of check downs. You're going to see a lot of running the ball. Yes, you can't have that much success running the ball against the Tintati Bengals because of the brilliance of DJ Reader and Luana Rumo mm. and the uh, linebacking core of Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. But at the same time, I think you're going to see very, very different ways of they are going to run the ball with Andy Reid. I think you're going to see the likes of Kadarius Toney getting involved. Yeah, yeah. McKinnon's going to get involved. Isaiah Pacheco. They have so many weapons on offense that they'll be able to utilize in both the running game and the passing game. You'll see a lot of checkdowns to McKinnon. You'll see a lot of checkdowns to Kadarius Toney. And Mm. I think you'll see a lot of creativity, but what you'll also see is the Chiefs trying to maintain long drives, similar to that Chad Henney one, which we saw the 98 yard drive for that touchdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think you're going to see more like that offense for the chiefs. They're going to try and keep Joe Burrow off the field. Yeah. They're going to try and build drives. And I think the Bengals will be very happy against Kansas City chiefs to bend and not break. Mm. And I think that will take a lot of time off the clock. And I think that lends itself towards the, under. the under, On that. the other side of the ball. This is the most fascinating thing about the Cincinnati Bengals. And obviously everyone giving flowers to Joe Burrow. Now, Luana Rumo seems to be getting the credit he deserves, but you know, Joe Burrow has never scored more than 28 points in a playoff game.
1: Borough's never scored twenty eight. Mm, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I think get it through. Yeah, it yeah, does make
2: true. sense. Obviously, they've only been what sort of five, but at yeah. the same time, it's that's still considering how high powered mm. this offense is. That is still a surprising stat. But I think the- you're
1: seeing like a twenty 24- four. 20 kind of score Is I think game?
2: so that's what I, I see this game being like 23-20 I see mm. it being quite cagey I see the uh, Bengals trying to run the ball as much as they can on the Chiefs I see mm. both teams trying to control the clock and can trying to control the possession
1: I love mixing. love Mixon oh, he was that.
2: sensational in that game he was absolutely brilliant against the Buffalo Bills Samaje so, Ryan was excellent as well mm. in the passing game they both yeah. contributed yeah. but the right, uh, offensive line deserves so much credit for what they were really able good. to do they and the gaps lead. that they managed to create so yeah the Cincinnati Bengals honestly like last week I was so excited going into that game because mm. of the way it was being framed this week I am a little bit more apprehensive just because it's that thing where everyone's talking about the fact yeah. that Mahomes hasn't beaten Burrow yet. Everyone's talking about Mahomes' injury. Yeah. And yeah, you know yeah, me yeah. now. I just hate to be like all over with. I hear public. you. I hear
1: you. I know exactly why you're feeling that. I hear you. And it just talking it through, there are so many. I mean, that whole Chris Jones, Clark versus the line. Uh can and and you're right, Andy Reid, one of my all-time heroes. I, I can Tony, totally, yeah, I just see Tony having a massive game. I could ah, it's it's a tough one to call. I I can't help be so concerned though about that the type of injury that I get you. You know, it just just how much that will impact. Obviously, is scrambling. He's, oh, yeah, I can't. I don't can't, I think I can bring myself to. I might even stay uh, well away from this game. Maybe I'll take the under and join the under king of Plumpton Train. Incidentally, shout out to Nate Taylor for that breakdown of the Romo versus Mahomes stuff, which is, it's a brilliant piece. I would go and seek, seek that out. Let's get the um, the legendary Crystal Tom in, see where he's going. Because none of us, we haven't, neither of us have unveiled our Drew Locks. And uh, are we allowed to, have we ever had the same Drew Lock? Because when we get down to two games, it's going to be...
2: Gonna uh, be I think we dis- we disagreed on the Super Bowl last year. So you yes. took the Rams at minus three and a half. I took the Bengals at plus three and a half. Mm. I'm not sure we have ever had the same Drew Lock. Obviously, getting down to two games, it is more difficult. Yeah, I've already kind of shown where I'm leaning. I think you're mm. showing where you're leaning, but I think you might be disagreeing with... Crystal Tom, we'll mm, do my okay. prop bets now because I've already oh God, kind got of...
1: Crystal Tom opposing me because then I'm in deep, deep trouble.
2: All right, let's do your prop. Although you said that the last time you and Crystal Tom opposed each other.
1: Oh, Miami came. You won. Me, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So Miami push.
2: came through. So maybe that is a good sign. Okay. But let's okay. in terms of my prop bets. I've already kind of given hints as to what I'm going for. Obviously, last week I had success with the Dallas got it over. Yeah, I'm going with the under this week because uh, mm. I just don't like this matchup for Goddard going up against arguably the best linebacking core in the NFL. Dalton Schultz had 27 yards last week the 49ers are the number one team against tight ends under 40 yards given up on average and after having a big week last week I think we see God it taken away from Hertz this week by this tremendous defense. I like Jamar Chase to have a huge game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think this Chiefs second year will be able to handle the different looks that this Bengals team give for Jamar Chase. Chase went over the number early in the season with seven receptions for 90 yards and a TD against the Chiefs. Burrow may not have a lot of time this week, as I've said with the likes of playoff Frank Clark and Chris Jones. So I like Chase to have a big game. And the other one lends itself to what I already said, AJ Brown over 67 and a half receiving yards. Don't need to go through it again. You... Perfectly. That was the exact point I was going to make in terms of how susceptible the Niners are to deep throws and to deep passes. And I think that lends itself very, very well to AJ Brown and him having a lot of success against Jadavius Ward. So, yeah, I'm expecting Brown to be leaned upon to make big plays in the biggest game of the year for this Eagles team so far. And that's exactly why they signed him.
1: Love that. And I love the fact that on my screen, I can see the one, the only, the legendary Crystal Tom Collins. Firstly, the good news, Crystal Tom, the listeners have voted. No more will be allowed to call you Saucy Tom Collins. <laughs> it's done. It's done. Whatever you get up to in the off-season at the dance establishment <laughs> in New Orleans is your business. But we won't call you that on this show.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it gets rid of the headlines, doesn't it? Thank God for that.
1: Yeah, exactly. The drama. We can put it to one side. So we've been obviously self-aggrandizing and bigging ourselves up for our remarkable week in the history of SBK, rush has got to be one of the, one of the old timers nailing things left, right and center. But in doing so, we've now unduly put a huge amount of pressure on our <laughs> respective shoulders. As we get to championship weekend, we've just had proposed prop bets. What we haven't yet done, Tom, what we've been saving is our res- respective drew locks. We are waiting for you and we're going to drop our drew locks. Let's do them on three because we, and normally Ollie and I will share before the show, what are Dulocs are often, because I've got 11, I don't know where to go, and I'm asking <laughs> advice. But we haven't done that this week. We haven't said which way you go, where you, where you go with it, and I, and I don't know where you're going with it. Okay, so on three, we're going to Drop what our drew locks are, yeah. This is oh, really
2: can... good. This is really good audio format for listeners, by the way. We're just talking <laughs> to each other at the same time, just as a producer, I'm just saying that really this really works well.
1: Okay, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. Okay, so so just to be clear, it's one, two, and then one, two, three, and then we say it, yeah.
2: One, okay, two, fine, three, yeah. and then we say it, all right. Okay, you ready?
1: One, two, three, Eagles, minus two and half. under minus Chiefs, half.
2: Bengals. <laughs> I knew you two would go against each other, so that's why I was just gonna pause. Uh i knew you i knew you two were going against each other because tom obviously now. told me tom it's told me obviously before the show i didn't know what tom was going and also nat with just the way that you were speaking i could see that you were going to go with the eagles so i was all right very much waiting for that i'm going the under chief spengals under Chiefs, play which y. we've explained that okay which i love by
1: the way so i'm going to be all over the unders king of plumpton on that smart play all right i've done my spiel on the eagles so let's hear the case for the 49ers cover
0: yeah, well, you know, regular listeners of SBK just will know that I'm a huge fan of the 49ers this year. I have drew lock them four times uh, mm-hmm. in the last 13 weeks since I started my drew locks. Um, and I'm 4-0, drew lock in the 49ers. So why go anywhere Bar-esque. else? <laughs> yes, w- why go anywhere else? Hopefully it'll be 5-0 this week. Uh, to be fair, I'm just pretty surprised that the line was set at 2.5. I thought this would be more priced up as a pick'em. These teams ranked first and second in yards allowed on defence throughout the regular season. Very similar um, in terms of yardage allowed. While I also ranked third and fifth respectively with yardage gained on offence, Eagles being third, 49ers being fifth, and third and sixth in points per game. So they're very evenly matched on both sides of the ball. Mm. However, this is where I think the the difference uh, comes in. San Fran have won 12 straight. And although only three of those come on the road, which I know plenty of people are going to factor in, I don't think that's enough of a reason to oppose them. And again, I'm going to bring back a trend here. And I know you don't like it now, but I'm going to say it. Let's Last it. time San Fran went to mm. Philly, they won. Mm. That was in September 2021. They can go to Philadelphia with that rapturous crowd, all the crowd noise, uh, having to do silent counts and win. We know that uh, from the, the trends in the past. Also, and silent again- Silent counts in Brock Purdy,
1: though. What? That's <laughs> not what happened in
0: 2021. <laughs> this guy can do everything That I mean, he could run <laughs> for president if he wanted to. Yeah, I'm um, actually terrified Purdy.
1: that I'm going against Purdy, by the way. The man, is, the man doesn't show any emotion <laughs> at all. He's
0: frightening. Yeah, that is true. Um, but he also doesn't make any mistakes. He didn't make any mistakes last week against the Cowboys, unlike Dak. And I think that's kind of why they won that game. Perhaps the traders thought that San Fran were going to be more impressive than the 19-12 uh, victory that ended up on the board. But I think they played really well both sides of the ball. And to limit this Dallas offense to just 12 points, uh, given the amount of weapons, I think was extremely creditable. We know what they're gonna, the 49ers are going to do on offense. Every single game, it's exactly the same. They're going to try to run the ball. Then they're going to make the most of the screens, the bubble screens, the slants, the outs. And then when they can, they're going to target George Kittle down the seam. But it works. No team can stop them doing this. And I know Philly are fantastic on, offense, uh, on defense. Sorry, already just said they were second best in the league in yards allowed. But if you take out the Giants, who they faced three times this year, and the Cowboys, who they shared the series with one and one, They haven't faced a playoff team since week four. Uh, It's a ridiculous, easy schedule they've had this season. I know they've done fantastically well to win as many as they have. You know, no team in the NFL is easy to beat, aside from the Packers at certain points. Um, (laughs) But but at the same time, they haven't really faced the proper test. And Jalen Hurts will have a test this week. The best defense against him. They're going to stop the run game, so Hurts will have to throw the ball to win. And I know Propo likes AJ Brown. I just caught the end of the, uh, the prop bets there. Well, I Think San Fran just have too much on defense and too much on offense, so I'm taking them plus two and a half. Two points there. Two, the old, points there.
2: two points there. First, on, one up. I like yeah. to disagree that prop Purdy can do anything because he definitely can't buy booze without an ID. <laughs> 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 that is one thing. Second thing, uh, I 49ers had quite an easy schedule, Tom. Do you not think they've also had a very easy schedule? Like, I do think that this is. This is by far the two best teams in the NFC who have been blessed by being in the NFC. I think if you'd seen these teams in the AFC, it would have been quite different. But I think there's no doubting that the Eagles 49ers have had relatively easy schedules, but the defensive lines of both teams have been so impressive. And like in the trenches, I think they're the two best trenches teams in the NFL across the board.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. I I think the 49ers have had a a very easy schedule as well, but I think they've faced better defences throughout I mean, if you look at the Eagles, they've literally faced the worst teams of the NFL week after week, aside from Dallas and New York, who didn't perform last week. Whereas San Fran faced the Buccaneers, the Commanders, who had a good defense for a, a large portion of the, uh, of the season, the Dolphins, the Saints, who actually did really well on defense in certain parts, the Chargers, albeit with a wide receiver call that was banged up, and the Chiefs. So they have faced some decent teams. What happened against I, the Chiefs? Yeah, well, that was that was twelve, that
1: was thirteen games ago. I mean, you know. oh, so he goes, so he goes
0: back three years, and that's
1: fine. <laughs> uh, who is the number one ranked pass defense in the NFL in terms of DVOA? Is it the Eagles? I'm not idea. It is the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. You've got those Classic. beasts up front. You've got the best of the business at the back. Brock Purdy, that cool hand, Luke persona is gonna fall it's gonna it's gonna fall jalen hurts i mean what a story if you you flash back to that that moment let's take the first five minutes of the second half of the championship game that he's benched in and you think what must be going through that guy's head at that moment and you fast forward to now this mvp level season on the verge of the super bowl Jalen Hurts has dealt with adversity more so than virtually any other player of his age. Arguably any other player in, in recent times to to that's not to be understated what happened to him and how he bounced back from that. I I love him and his temperament in this situation as well. But fellas, what an unbelievable set of championship games we've got. I mean, they are so tough to call, so close to call hence the hence the Vegas lines. And hence our disagreement and going going in different ways. Just while we've got you, Tom, on the other game, have you got any leaning either way?
0: Sure. I mean, should we get involved in the Taylor Haneke double or Taylor Haneke if, if we're sticking with it? Let's do it. Do it. Cool. So the 49ers are obviously going to be my number one pick, just as I'm a drew lock. But also the other game, um, I think it's complete. Well, I mean, it's to and fro, right? It could go either way. 50-50. Um, the market had it originally as a chief minus two and a half, which was ridiculous. And I sent the the image to Propo. Um, just after the uh, Cincy game, yeah. I was thinking, "What is going on? That line is ridiculous." I don't it's remember like... him
2: sending me that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I think you That's said "lol"
0: man. and that was it. I, <laughs>
2: <that>. <laughs> I love you. All so much. Oh, I'm
1: so gutted. We didn't get any proper drunken voice notes.
0: <clears throat> oh, i <I'm> was so <laughs> drunk voice. at that
1: point. I seriously, I really, really <laughs> love you
0: so much. <laughs> So yeah, that line uh, was ridiculous at the time. I was, to be fair, I was quite surprised. properly you didn't come back with uh, the fact that you absolutely smashed up the line because it I was sm- I
2: really wish I did. I wish it I remembered was. that. I didn't realize. I, I'm usually very good at my at my opening line reports and my opening line bets, but <laughs> yeah. I was just in a different. I was too high. That was my Super Bowl last week. I was yeah. too high.
0: <laughs> fair enough. You deserve it after that victory <laughs> of the Bills. To be fair, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So they opened two and a half point underdogs. Then it went to one and a half point underdogs. Then it went to a picket, Now mm. the Bengals are favorites. I not think that's justified. I think the Bengals win this game. And it's just the fact that Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be 100% fit. Takes mm-hmm. away his run, running ability. Uh, if you keep him in the pocket, then Luana Rumo is going to scheme up some uh, mm-hmm. proper defensive plays, isn't it? And if you can stop this KC offense one or two times even, um, you can just take advantage of their defense because it's not the best in the league by any stretch of the imagination. Pass or rush. I know they've got Chris Jones, but at the same time, I just don't think they're going to stop Joe Burrow, who was phenomenal. Uh, last week he was absolutely brilliant I thought he was the standout player across all the divisional playoffs um, I just thought he didn't miss a single beat did he and I loved his post game interview as well where he was so calm composed refund those tickets on the neutral site it was just fantastic so yeah I'm going to be taking the 49ers and i going to be taking the Bengals yeah okay. just over two to one that's pretty good for a double
1: okay I like that I like that I like the rationale well certainly the second part of it <laughs> anyway just got me thinking actually you said how cool joe burrow was and you're right and proper something you always go on about head to head texas holden 10 million dollars on the table purdy burrow who takes it burrow
2: burrow that's not even a a contest what are you (laughs) doing
1: have you I, i don't think i've have you seen any how many different facial expressions have you seen from
2: brock purdy We've seen him like act like King Kong when he made that yeah, like one King- play against Seattle City. <laughs>
1: mad King Kong thing,
2: <laughs> and
1: then a kind of occasional grimace, and then his default expression of just robot, android, right?
2: Yeah, true. I guess, but I still think that he, I still think that Burrow is more composed and more unfazed than Brock Purdy. I think what we've seen for the past couple of weeks has probably proved that. I think Burrow is in sort of Mike Tomlin. Oh, it's more so than, yeah. More can so we
1: play? Can party. we do this in the off season? So, including coaches, best head to head Texas Hold'em. I want lots of kind of knockout competition going on. <laughs> what well, I want to know season. is is Nat
0: Propo head to head Texas Hold'em. Who wins
1: that? That's, does it? It depends on if it's drunk Propo or sober <laughs> Propo, propo post Bengals win. That would be interesting. We're both, we'd both be ridiculously, we're both ridiculously emotional players as well. It's like my <laughs> friend, uh, my friend Tim, it's a regular game I play with mates that we've been friends with since we were kids. My friend Tim, he's in every hand. <laughs> <literally> every <laughs> hand. And and my friend Kesh, who is a real, a serious, like was pro for a while player, says, Tim is almost impossible to play against because he goes in on every hand. He just have no idea what he's carrying. So it's, it's, I quite like that strategy. He always runs yeah. out. Hardy, I
2: always, you. I ban uh, raising pre-flop as well, yeah. just because I think it's really boring because I want everyone to be in the hand. I'm not a very serious poker player. as You, uh, can so tell. This is, you get on very well with Tim. So all, yeah, all me and Tim so every... have a great poker game. Also just like quick four hours you know yeah. you're in there you're out there sometimes yeah. the problem is I've had poker games where you start you inevitably always start late mm. and then it gets to like 4 or 5am and you're just there with one bloke just going <laughs> back and forth <laughs> back and forth yeah. to everyone else And I'm just like you know what this has actually lost all of its appeal <laughs> very is
0: very it, quickly
1: it's like the uh it's like Tony's Tony's game of the Sopranos that goes on <laughs> like three days um all right brilliant stuff well we're gonna have more chat of course on SBK Rush Extra Crystal Tom so we're gonna drop that uh, over on the SBK YouTube channel and also on our podcast feed here on the Nat Coombe Show. That's been uh, dropping the last couple of weeks. It's great to see so many of you listening to that and downloading it. So we'll elaborate on our thinking and uh, on that show. And indeed, I'm sure sneak in a few other uh, prop bets and interesting, uh, interesting picks you can have uh, for both the AFC and the NFC divisional uh, uh, championship games. Propo, you got your hand up. Bet Blauder. Hmm.
2: So this is because uh, you've got to be, I'm going to align myself. So Tom, just as a, uh, just so you know, earlier in the pod, I've actually said that I'm more aligned with Nat in terms of going with the Eagles, but Yeah, it's very, uh, <laughs> okay. I've immediately flipped. I'm with you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's already uh, your uh, <laughs> I've already, I've
1: already become Richard Madeley, and then what, what, I'm actually going to say what that was.
2: The yeah. uh, bet, but I think that if you like the niners in this matchup, like I think you have to believe it's going to be a defensive game and I think you have to believe it's going to go under so I think I'm going to align myself with you and I'll probably hedge myself by making yeah. a bet louder going 49ers plus two and a half plus the under 45 and a half which I think it is at this moment in time because I think that if the 49ers win this game I think the 49ers cover the spread it's going to go below that number but I think if the Eagles win, I think it's more likely the only way the Eagles will win is if they have success against this defence the way the Raiders and the Chiefs already have. So I think it's more likely to go over. So I think for the Bet Blouder, for a little bit of hedge for myself and to give the listeners another option, I will add the under to mm. your 49ers pick.
0: Yeah, I like the under. I do actually like the under as a selection myself, to be fair. Um, and also... Although I like Sanfran plus two and a half, even if you want him to, uh, you're siding with Nat and Propos slightly there. Uh, with the Eagles minus two and a half, you know, this Bet Blouda is going to pay the same no matter what side of the fence you stick with the, with the spread. So it's mm-hmm. the other two selections that are key uh, in landing the Bet Blouda. Obviously, you can have differing opinions on who's going to win the game and cover. Um, I'm going to add in, as well as Sanfran plus two and a half and the under. San Fran, this is the selection that won last week, by the way. I absolutely love it again. San Fran to win the second half. I'm going to oh, bring, yeah, yeah, yeah. bring this back every single pod, I think. I love this bet. Uh, this time it's 11 to 10 as well. Odds against, I think it's a phenomenal play. Now, I could go into the whole detail about what I did uh, last week when I said the San Fran have won the second half in nine of the last 11. Now it's 10 of the last 12 games. But the number one ploy here is, I think Philly are going to start this game red hot. They're going to have the crowd behind them. They're going to want to, you know, get out to an early lead at home in a conference game with Super Bowl upcoming. And if that happens, I think the 49ers rally late. This defence clutches up, as I touched on last week, in crucial situations. In that fourth quarter, I think San Fran are going to make a late surge. So I'll definitely add San Fran to win the second half. And if you take the under, San Fran to win the second half and then either San Fran plus two and a half or Philly Eagles minus two and a half, the bet Bloudo will pay around six and a half to one with SBK, which is a lovely bet.
2: I'm going to throw something at you right now Tom because Favorite. this could be revolutionary because I was going to take the Eagles first half because the Eagles have covered 13 mm. and 5 against the spread in the first half. What is the Eagles to win the first half and the 49ers to win the second half as a bet? What odds can we go on that?
0: That is a great question. I actually I agree with that as well. Uh, Eagles are 4 to 5 to win the first half and then the 49ers are 11 to 10 to win the second half. So you can't, well, I mean, that's a cracking bet itself. I think I'll be getting on that. Was that, that three, three to one four? if you don't Three to one. one. Yeah. yeah, three to one. You um, pressed yeah. my mask
1: there proper. There you go. Yeah, that was yeah. very impressive. Thanks, uh, all right. Love that. It's a whole ton. A whole ton to be playing around with it. As I say, we're going to wheel out some more over on SBK Edge Rush Extra. So keep an eye out on the feed for that. It'll drop Friday, Saturday, I think, on the Nat Coombe Show feed. It'll be out on the SBK YouTube channel as well. We'll push it out on our social channels at the NC Show, Facebook, Instagram, twitter and of course tiktok now shout out to our tiktokers one more bit of business before we get out of dodge bet 10 pounds get 10 pounds over on sbk am i right crystal tom
0: yeah 100 slightly different offer this week bet 10 pound get 10 pound and free bets so you know you can take advantage of these two just two nfl games bet 10 pounds on one of them get 10 pound free bets for the other game
1: perfect Get on the Eagles minus two point five. You know it makes sense. The Drew Lock roll is happening. Proper you look again, your hand up, proper.
2: Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm in a lesson because I feel like you're about to end the show. And I think we <laughs> yes. uh please sir, uh, can I ask a question? Go on, go on. Crystal Tom, mm. yes. very impressively. Uh I follow you on social media. Obviously, go and follow Tom Collins. What's your social media handle? Quickly get that one in there. Uh it's at Tomton,
0: T O M P T I N. Thank you. Your US horse racing has been yeah,
2: flying to start 2023 hasn't it interesting
0: yeah absolutely flying It is my uh niche obviously i love the nfl love football love all sports but uh us horse racing is my number one so yeah please do follow me if you um if you like, oh, you know, betting sounds...
1: on horse racing. Propos, we are got to get
2: involved in this. you your Let's get <laughs> on that. I oh, the sound
0: of that. Off-season. That'll keep us going
2: in the off-season. Can <laughs> right. we we'll we'll do like an pull, SPK pull. Edge Rush Extra Extra? Can <laughs> yeah, we we'll do like, oh,
1: just American horse racing. I love yeah. American horse racing full stop, so I'm really interested in this whole I have know nothing about it. I love putting it on sometimes, just, uh, oh, I'm all over that. We're going to have a separate chat about that, Crystal Tom. I think that's going to set us up for the off-season, definitely. We have to, we'll have to get you on. And we're going to be, of course, rolling Edge Rush through the off season and uh crystal tom firm part of the crew now so you'll be hearing uh plenty from him and of course me and propo and i mentioned him a bit earlier on the guru sandrini ffs that's dropping uh friday that should be in your podcatcher of choice so uh still lots of contests happening over on the DraftKings site in our listener leagues to so get involved with all of those uh free to enter contests of course uh if you want to get involved with that uh, over on uh, our Listener League. We'll put links out to that as well. And they'll be in the show notes. Yada yada yada, You get the drift. All right. Brilliant stuff. Proper. Crystal Tom, saluting you both. Best of luck. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back next week. for more Take care.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.